Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. The Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast is upon us. Your usual crew is here. I am half of that crew. I'm Jason Perrone. You can find me on X slash Twitter at Jason Perrone. You can also find some of my work over at Game On Wisconsin, where I do the Quick Slides podcast with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, how are things on the beach? And did the beach help you get through the early week blues? No. no, it did not. I'm still not over this one. I am and I'm not. I mean, let me say this. Let me start by saying what I was going to, what I told you I was going to say yeah. before we start. This, I mean, I know Packers fans were very excited and very, and expectations were going a little bit through the roof after they beat the Lions and Chiefs back to back. And well, and as with, as they should have been, that was two very good wins against two pretty good teams. But, you know, this, they're going to run the table and they're going to win the division and they're going to, that would have meant they want that they the Packers would have had to win eight straight games. Eight straight games. Do you do you know how many teams have won eight straight games this year? None. None. <laughs> Nobody. You don't and yet you don't win eight straight games in the NFL anymore. You, you, it just the parity is such. The, I mean, the Eagles lost. The Eagles had a winning streak. They lost to the Jets. You know, San Francisco lost three in a row. In Baltimore lost. I mean, the best teams in the league don't win eight straight games. Well, the Packers aren't the best. One of the best. They're they're, they're getting better. They're young. The youngest team in the league. With a first-time starter at quarterback and a bunch of babies, and, you know, babies. I mean that in a nice way. Yeah, right. A yeah, wide receiver. Players. Yeah, are not going. They're not going to win. They were never going to win eight straight games. So if you want to take something, some solace from this awful, awful, awful loss is that they weren't going to win eight straight. So they were going to lose one of these. So hopefully they got the loss out of the way and they can win. They can win four in a row. That's not impossible. Sure. But but they weren't going to win. I I kept saying. It would have been better if they lost to Kansas City, maybe, and then they then 
And then they might have, you know, they were dead. and they were also a young team on the road, kind of due for a little bit of a letdown, which they had. At least. You know, they, I mean, you can see the way the game started. They were not, they were not ready to, they were not ready. But with all that said, and this will lead into what we generally talk about, which is the defense, you know, and I give Jordan, listen, I know I'm very pro-Jordan Love. I've been pro-Jordan Love from the day they, they, they drafted him. He did not play well. Not that I'm not going to defend that. He did not play well or but for him to show me, he showed me a lot in the fourth quarter, you know, having a bad game to to rally and give them the lead with a minute. And he left the field a winner. Yep. He left the field up up a point. Turned it over to the minute, defense. With a minute and a half to go. Yep. And the defense, with all those first-round picks and all those players, although half the first-round picks are her, but all those, you know, they couldn't stop an undrafted rookie quarterback with one of the worst offensive lines in the league, with a bunch of journeyman wide receivers, they couldn't stop them from going down the field and kicking a field goal. Nope. That's the depressing part of the game. Right. Uh, and everything else that happened, forget everything else that happened in the game. The turnovers, Keyshawn Nixon being a complete idiot. Just fall on the ball, Keyshawn. You've been in the league how many years? You, you don't know that when the, you muff a punt, you just fall on Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Oh, my God. I mean, that's that. that well, if you notice, he what, he didn't return any punts after that. Jaden Reed was back there. But, I mean, if, despite all, forget everything else that happened for the first 58 and a half minutes. With a minute and a half to go, all the Packers had to do was not let Tommy DeVito and a – and really, a, a not very an inept, I'll say. All, you know, a giant offense that that went how many games without even scoring a touchdown in some games? You know, go down the field to kick him. Did did Barry know that a field goal was going to beat him? I'm, oh, I'm not sure. Mark, I mean, this this show could be two shows worth right now. I mean, and the Giants of all teams. While we're talking about things that didn't go the Packers' way, the Giants broke the twenty point threshold. Like it just it baffles me. In, from a from a really removed standpoint, because I know that we understand that there's going to be ups and downs with this team. It's the optics. And like you said, I think people have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that you take Patrick Mahomes to the brink and you beat him and you win that game. Now, there was some stuff that happened at the end of the game, whatever. You know, that's life officiating and all that kind of stuff. And then you come out and you lay the biggest egg possible on national TV against this Giants team and this quarterback who is literally was literally like, you know, the, the only starting job he had last week was in his backyard playing with his buddies. So that's, you know, and if I can make it through this this show without calling him Danny, uh, then I think I will have accomplished something as well. So that's why Packers fans are so frustrated. But we obviously on the Thursday show, we do the defense against the upcoming opponents offense. We have to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are led by Baker Mayfield. But this, we, you know, we, I think we've tried not to just make it a, a trash on Joe Barry fest every single week. Well, but this was it. a huge failure. This was yeah. a huge failure on a, on a, from a player standpoint. It was a huge failure from a schematic standpoint. And we got confirmation of that when Matt LaFleur spoke to the media and he specifically said, Hey, they called man coverage, but played off. And we don't want to be doing that. Why does your defensive coordinator need to be reminded of that in week 14? It's week 14, and we're still having problems with getting on the same page and realizing like, hey, my head coach, my boss, wants me to do this, is going to want me to do this. It's not like you were so shorthanded on the field that you couldn't run your defense. And I'm watching the pass rush. You mentioned the you know, 69, 70 times Giants quarterbacks have been sacked this year. The Packers got no, didn't have any on this game. They barely got any pressure. And 
I'm watching Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith do what I saw Clay Matthews kind of do in his middle to later years with the Packers, where they would just let him use his aggression against him, let him just rush all the way up the field. The pocket is five or six yards, you know, the other direction. And you just let them take themselves out of the play. It's the easiest blocking job that the tackles have probably ever had. And so it, I just, the consistency, and I'm, and I don't, I'm only going to do the hall pass thing for the young teams so much in this game because this was just another example of why I had so many questions about Matt LaFleur and his grip on this team and the hold on this team. Now, winning solves a lot of problems, right? You're like, okay, this team is starting to figure it out. If they can beat the Lions and the Chiefs, then we should see them play well down the stretch. You know, like you said, they might not win every game, and they've got a tough one coming up now because Tampa just took the, took the uh, lead in the division for the NFC South, so they're going to be charging ahead full steam. And, and you've got the Vikings on the road. Tougher games, right? But you can't look like they did against the Giants. And that was the really difficult part for me is that that was just, it, it reminded me of some of the later McCarthy years where Rodgers, remember, remember that narrative where Rodgers would always, you know, have the lead or they would never get the ball in overtime. And he had all these, like the Rodgers has never won an overtime game or there were all those stats because their defense was always so average that they would, the opponent would take the ball, go down and score and the game would be over and Aaron would never touch the ball. And oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so we're kind of, we're kind of back in this, you know, what Joe Barry, I, I think the reason why I haven't said much about Joe Barry is because to me, it's like, why bother? Let, don't, let's not even bother. We know Joe Barry is not, you know, is not this great orchestrator of the defense. You've said it a thousand times, and I think it's the best way to describe Joe Barry of anybody that I've heard is, is yours is they're getting who they hired. You've said it a yes. million times. Yes, it's not like they hired. Rex Ryan, and he's playing this kind of defense. Like, you know, you hired Rex Ryan because he likes to blitz and be aggressive and gamble and do this kind of stuff. Well, that's not, they didn't. That's not what Joe Barry ever did. So you you're getting. That's why, like, and I'm with you that, you know, Matt Lafleur hired. I mean, it's it, it's on him. You know, and I want to go back to what you said earlier when about Lafleur's press conference. That was that's the first time he's really made it clear that. That Barry, you know, that the blame was on the defensive coordinator a little bit, right? I mean, yeah, he he generally he put it on both, but he he's defended Barry and defended like you know when when people were asking about the why are you in two man fronts and he and he gave that smart ass <laughs> answer about oh you guys don't know football we Down only have four men yeah he was very spe- he was specific this time you're right yeah I mean and like you said it's it's week I don't week one it shouldn't that shouldn't happen no and it's not. Week one of of year one, maybe. This is week fourteen of year three. Oh man, yeah. So I know yeah. I was going to ask you something. You you have a new job, right? You started. You just started a new job. I did. Did they replace your you at your old job yet? They're you know? work. Yeah, they're working on it. But it's they're they're they'll they'll have it done soon. Yes. Because uh, I have a guy in mind. Yeah. Joe Barry. You got somebody who might be looking for a job. Joe Barry. I think he could take your old job and get him away from the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I. I, I just. You know. I, again. It, he is who he is, but it, this this whole structure and the way the Packers are set up right now, it's just it's been. They talked about a roller coaster this year. I was told I was going to go on a roller coaster ride with this young team: Jordan Love, Matt Lafleur, growing pains, no Aaron Rodgers, all that stuff. Where well, I'm on it, I'm definitely on it. I've got a lot of vertigo from the whole thing, honestly. <laughs> and okay, to an extent, I can understand that, but I cannot reconcile in my mind the drop off and the absolute just ineptness that I saw through the first at least three, three and a half quarters of that game. Now, Jordan Love 
finally snaps into shape. If you silver lining, and we don't do the offense, but silver lining snaps into shape and throws some really nice passes. He and uh, Jaden Reed, unfortunately, not on the same page on that yeah, end zone ball. Right. That you know, I, I mean, the Packers really, honestly, had still had a chance to win that game, and it's also really frustrating when I think it was Zach Cruz or maybe it was Andy who said after the game they put out the stats that there there's been I th- one game this season, one game where the Packers really never led, never had a chance. and That was the Lions game. All the, they've had a lead. They've had a lead in the second half in almost every other game. Well, not the Viking game either. Exactly. You're right, the Viking game too. But they were was, in that. They were in that, but they didn't lead. But that, right. And so this just, I mean, it's not Matt LaFleur's. I get it. It's a lot of the rookies and a lot of young players, but this is Matt LaFleur's fifth season as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Like, you should have a culture, a way, a style, an identity. Your assistant coaches should know what's expected of you. Your coordinators, there shouldn't even be a question about what your coordinators expect from you. And I just, now, for those that are the, you know, get Joe Barry out of town crowd that listen to us or listen to Pack-A-Day or, you know, whatever it be, Again, I know that it's really fatalist to think this way, but that was one of the one of the wins for that crowd that comes out of this game is I think we took another step backwards for Joe and I don't I don't know if things look very good at the now he's not going anywhere to the end of the season. But at the end of the season, I think Matt LaFleur has to really think long and hard and say like if I keep attaching myself to this guy and I'm now getting peppered by the media and they're right to ask the questions, then I, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose my job, or I'm gonna look like the fool, the, the most foolhardy head coach in the NFL. I mean, if you were not even as a fan, but if you were covering this team, what what kind of question? I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't know exactly. But what kind of question would you have asked the head coach if if it's after the game and you're like, hey, this was a really bad look? How would you have phrased it about the about the last drive? Yes. Oh, I would. I think that the questions that were asked were were were, were valid. I mean. Yeah, what happened on that last drive? Why were you at playing more like you were ahead by more than one point? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it seemed like the Giants not just went down the field, but went down pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And but when but I would have followed up. His answer was very good, obviously. But I would have followed it up with, you know, why? Why are you and Joe not on? It's obvious that you you weren't you and Joe weren't on the same page here. How, like you said, week fourteen of year three. How's that possible? Yeah. How? Yeah. How? Now again, he's up in the booth now. Maybe he should be back on the field there. I don't. I don't know. I would have said. So I would have followed up more to get him to say why. It's easy to say, yeah, we weren't on the same. You know, I I, I wanted this and we played this, but but why? At the most crucial, and you had a timeout. Mm-hmm. The Packers had a timeout left. Yep. If if you don't like what you see after the first two plays, well, call timeout and say, hey, listen. Be, before Robinson burns Nixon, who, God, did he have a bad game, you know, call timeout. What are you saving your timeout for? I mean, they weren't getting the ball back. I mean, this game was either going to – they were either going to – well, if they got the ball back, they, they would have stopped them, and then they're taking a knee to win it. I mean, it, there wasn't going to be enough time for the Packers to come back if the Giants score for the Packers to come back and score. So it was a matter of they stop, stop and win, them, or, win or, or kick a field goal and lose. Yeah. Or, you know, that was what it was going to be. So – Use that time out to get things right. I mean, I, I don't. I, that's what I would ask that as well. I think I would ask. You know, you you had a time out. If you didn't like it, if you didn't like the alignment, if you didn't like the way it was going, 
take your time out and, and get them where you want them to be. This is what I keep saying is, is how do you not, how is your mind not prepared for situational football? Going into a game, you've got to understand. I, I mean, did you, and I don't think this is how Matt LaFleur thinks, but were you feeling yourself so much? Because I think the Packers, the players played like they were really reading the, the news pressing, the press clippings, right? But are you not prepared for every situation? I mean, you've got to be ready for like, hey, we want to take a time out of this situation. I know the game comes at you fast, but like you're an NFL head coach. You've got to have the wherewithal yes. to understand where you're at with that. And, you know, the, the nice thing about this season compared to several of the past few seasons is we don't see all those dumb timeouts in the first three minutes of the quarter where we get to like, you know, there's six minutes left in the first quarter and they've already only have one timeout for the rest of the half. Right. Like at right. least we're not seeing that stuff happen. So for God's sakes, you have three timeouts. Use them. And then that challenge, stop doing the, stop these emotional challenges. And I, I don't know what kind of replay technology the coaches have where they're radioing down and say, you should challenge this because on the TV copy, it's like, what are you doing? They're not, they're, there's nothing remotely going to overturn this. So you make an emotional decision. I mean, the Packers got away with so much in this game. The Keyshawn Nixon thing, that really frustrates me because that tarkens back to yeah. my culture comments about, how much of a hold do you have on these players? They're playing hard and they're trying, right? Because Keyshawn was one that said, hey, we can win this game. We can run the table. We can beat everybody. He's confident. Jair, all this confidence. I like that. You want that, right? Yes. Confidence. The players are not are playing hard. They're not quitting on him. So if you've got the players bought into your program, then why not take the next step and just keep it clean? Just say like, listen, guys, use your brain. There was no reason. There was literally literally in if i'm coaching a flag football team full of five-year-olds no better than to get up with the ball in that situation and he gets up with the ball after falling on it it's like you escaped danger once yes and now you stand up again and of course it gets knocked loose and that's the one guy on the field one of how many mark i mean honest to god of all of the players on offense and defense that started on that team, he's probably one of the top five players that are the usually the smartest, headiest players out there. If you can't count on that guy, we should have known they weren't going to win that game. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, like you said, he's not only—he's one of the veterans now at this point, and he's been around what six years. Yes, that puts him. You know, there aren't many guys on this Packer team that have played that played the game that long. Kenny Clark pops to mind, obviously, but. There aren't many. Nobody on offense. Preston. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there aren't many. There aren't many. So, all right, he muffs the punt. All right, that happens. I'm not going to rip him for for that. It happens. And and let me tell you, I I covered lots of games at, what do they call it, MetLife, used to be Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium, whatever, the Meadowlands. That's a tough place. The win there is tricky. It's not as blustery as as maybe Soldier Field or even Lambeau at times. But it's always a, a tricky win. That's why it's a hard place to kick. It's a hard place to – the wind plays with you there. It does. So all right, he muffed the punch. He got lucky, as you said, in that it, it landed right there and he fell on it. It didn't – because it could have muffed it. It could have bounced backwards. It could have gone anywhere. And the Giants could have easily re- recovered. No, he, he lands right on it. Just, and he well, – I'll give Nixon credit for, for one thing. He was a stand-up guy after the game, sat at his locker well after the game was over, took the blame you know i'll give him all that that that's a stand-up man that, that that's a veteran doing his post game what he's supposed to do mm-hmm. but come on just fall on the ball yeah everything was going your way at that point mm-hmm. you know i mean i at halftime 
I told, I said to people, Packers are going to, they're, they're going to win. They, I said, they, they can't do much. They can't play much worse than they did in the first half. And they're still winning by three. I mean, they played a terrible first half. Mm-hmm. And they were still up 10, seven. Yes. So I'm thinking, all right, they'll put it together here at halftime. They'll wind up winning this game, you know, 24 to 10. But then, and they did, they held it. They hold the Giants, the Giants punt. They're going to get the ball. I'm thinking, all right, Love's going to put it together now. They'll go down and they'll at least get a field goal maybe. No, but he he fumbles after he muffs, and the Giants go in and take the and, and take the lead. And that, that changed. What did I say to you last week about this game? They can't let the Giants think they can win. Everybody's Everybody said, beware, beware of the letdown. Yeah, but they couldn't let – if 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 he doesn't fumble that and they go down and score and it's seventeen seven, then the Giants might go home. I mean, the Giants might say, "Hey, hey what, what, what we got plans tonight? What, what time can, can we get out of here?" Yeah. You know, what I mean, they're not. But no, now they now they have the lead. They're thinking, "Hey, this would be a nice win." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guess what? That's what happened. Right. But again, again, like I said before, forget the first fifty eight and a half minutes. <laughs> they took the lead on a. Malik Heath can play a little bit now. Yeah. Let me say that about Malik Heath. He caught two touchdown passes. He only got credit the, for one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I mean, he that kid is better than people than I I mean, he had the real good spring and everybody in summer and everybody was like, hey, this kid Malik Keith can play. Well, Mark, he's, there's a reason to your point. There's a reason why he's in there and Samari Toure's been a healthy scratch until this week. Yeah, well he's he better yeah. yeah, no, he's and there's a reason he played at Ole Miss. Yep. Again, I know how I am with but don't get on my SEC now. <laughs> so, right. But he played in the SEC. He mm-hmm. guys he played against are all over the NFL now. You know, yeah. he played against Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, and going on and on. But no, he can play. So they take the lead. All the defense has to do, they weren't going against Mahomes. They weren't going against Burrow or, or Josh Allen or, you know, whoever. They're going against a, a rookie free agent who, the, he was the Giants' third choice. Now, he might turn out to be the, no. their best quarterback. No. I don't know. Daniel, he's better. This than is honestly, this will be the best game of his career. So you guys have probably noticed by now that the Packaday podcast is 365 days a year, and we've now been doing this for over five years. You've probably also noticed that I haven't missed too many episodes over the years. And let me tell you, that isn't by mistake. The truth is, before I started the podcast, I used to get sick way more often. I figured at the time that it was just happenstance, wrong place, wrong time, maybe ran into someone with the wrong germ and I got sick. What the heck was I supposed to do about it? Then I had a friend recommend to me a vitamin regimen that helped my immune system. And ever since I started boosting my immune system, my instances of being sick drastically decreased. Turns out, it wasn't always just happenstance after all. When I was sick, I wasn't feeling focused. I felt sluggish. And that led me to fall behind on my work and left me stressed out. Me taking vitamins helped, but then I ran into a different problem. Taking multiple vitamins every day was becoming a hassle, and I figured there had to be an easier way. That's when I started drinking AG1. When I started drinking AG1 daily, I not only continued to boost my immune system, I also had more energy and was able to replace all of my multivitamins. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. That's why I'm proud to have AG1 as a sponsor for the Packaday podcast. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. 
this. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, and in our family, we're gearing up to get all of our holiday shopping completed so we can have those magical moments of giving the gifts that people are going to love, and we can see the joy on their faces when they open those gifts. As a father of a 6- and 10-year-old, those moments are magical, and they mean a ton to me. Now, you and your family may have different holidays or different traditions, but one thing remains the same. You get to define how you give to yourself this holiday season, and this holiday season is the perfect time to do just that. You could treat yourself to a spot. Maybe make your favorite meal for dinner, or maybe the best gift of all could be a gift of therapy. As I've talked about in the past, therapy has been a huge benefit to me in my walk in life. As much as we want to put life on cruise control and act like everything is perfect, the fact remains that life is hard and you don't have to walk that journey all by yourself. As soon as I realized that, is when my life took a turn for the better. Therapy has helped me focus, it's helped me avoid negative triggers, and it's helped me enjoy the little things in my everyday life. If you're thinking about starting therapy this holiday season, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be ultra convenient, and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy Sports made easy. Well, and, it, it, it's probably. Do you see the numbers? I mean, it's first guy to do all kinds yeah. of stuff. It'll probably be the best game of his career. He's going to want to. He's going to want to frame the <laughs> the DVD, whatever the digital copy of this game for himself. So, but he has three and zero. <laughs> well, yeah, but this one, this I know, one, I, I think know. was this one, I think was more signature. So, I'll, well, ask I'll tell you, you what. I don't. I don't think Daniel Jones wins that game. There's a good chance that he doesn't. I mean, he no, he's, he's not he, a winner. He can't. Well, winner. no, and even though there's just a vibe, every game has a vibe, and you just, regardless of how you feel about the Giants, regardless of what they did or didn't do going into this game, regardless of what Tommy DeVito is or isn't good at, you just kind of had a feeling on that last drive that it was going to be a mountain to climb for the defense to get a stop, and sure enough, yeah, they I, gave up that deep pass. Mm. They gave up the deep pass, and it just, I was, I was kind of hoping, like, hey, listen, I haven't heard a peep. Out of Rashawn Gary, this dude's a machine. He worked hard yes. to get back. Like this is his time. This I said it out loud in my living room. Rashawn, this is your time to shine. Go get one, and he couldn't. And neither that, neither could Preston. See, I you know maybe I'm, I'm not your pessimistic Packer fan. I'm I'm when they took the lead, 
Now, I wish they would have got the two-point conversion. Terrible call by LaFleur, which he admitted after. You, you can't run that play that 100 was, times oh, a game. Terrible. You run it early, and it's a good thing. And then the good thing about running it early and it working is now the Giants are maybe aware of it, and then you fake it, and then something else is going to be wide open. But anyway, but anyway, when they had the lead, they kick off. Uh, now, I'm worried about the kickoff. I'm thinking, oh, geez, don't let special teams screw up and the guy bring, bring it back to midfield. Right. But they kick it off into the end zone. They start at the 25. I'm thinking, all right. And the Giants kickers, they're not facing, you know, the, the kid in Baltimore, Tucker, or, or the Elliott for the Eagles who's going to make a 60. You know, the guy, he, he, had, he had already missed from 40-something. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they have to get it pretty close for, for this guy to be, you know, confident. So I'm thinking, all right, don't, just don't let him cross mid, midfield. And, 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 and we're good. And I'm, the, and, and I'm with you. I'm thinking they haven't got a sack all night. They haven't, the, you know, they're going to get one here, right? It's going to be, you know, get, like it's going to be second and eight and Gary's going to come through or Preston or somebody, Clark. Somebody's going to get a big sack. The clock's going to, you know, the guy's had a timeout, but they're going to burn their last timeout. It's going to be third and 20 and he'll, he'll, whatever. And the Packers will, it'll be, whatever. I, I, I was confident. I, I, I was, now listen. They got the lead on the, on a very very fluky lucky play. Let's be honest there with Barkley's fumble. Mm-hmm. But when that happened, I also thought, hey, maybe the stars are aligned tonight. You know, they played as bad as they played. The Giants are looking to put the game away. Barkley stumbles and trips and falls and fumbles, and Carrington Valentine picks it up and runs it, you know, fifty yards the other way. I I just thought it was meant to be at that point. Yeah, but then that was only the third time that uh, Saquon Barkley's lost a fumble in fourteen hundred carries. Unbelievable. So it just, yeah, that that whole thing was just. I, I the I, the NFL has some things to figure out. Malik Heath not getting credit for his first catch for a touchdown. Yeah. If you have two feet down in the end zone and you have possession of the ball, it's, it's a, a touchdown. touchdown. Why do you need to take three steps? Out of the end zone, you're literally asking the player to, you know, take three steps. He could end up on the three yard line, and if you knock it out of bounds, like it's no catch for a touchdown. Was it a fumble? That I mean, like what if they they have they have so they have so much to figure well, out. Well, here's what I never understood: all a running back or quarterback has to do is put the ball, not even his body, just if the ball only has to cross the cross the plane, and it's a touchdown, right? Right. First and goal yes. one or fourth and goal. And then All the rules change. Do is, is hold it over the line and it's a touchdown. And then the rules change. Yes. A wide receiver has to catch it, come down with it, do a you know, take a step, do a do a ballet move. Yeah, cartwheel. Spin you know, spin in the air, uh re, re, recite the alphabet backwards. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. What, what that makes no sense. It's bad. It's 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 bad. Real quick before we move on to the Tampa, the Packers Tampa matchup coming up this weekend, I do have one question for you. Because so I, I mentioned the Matt Lafleur and the culture thing before. Mm-hmm. Rich Basaccia is the highest paid special teams coordinator in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that he's a bad coach, but what is it that you think is not translating from him to his special teams unit, especially to his most trustworthy veteran player? in Keyshawn Nixon as a returner and what what is going on there well what Nixon I, I I think he just tries to do too much I know I mean he's very talented at, at, at his, as a return man we, we, we we've seen that last year but sometimes like you said before you have to be smart I mean even early in the year he was bringing all those kicks they were eight yards deep seven yards deep he's bringing them out and he's getting to the 22 or the 19. Just take it at the 25. You know what the Packers have not done this year, which I think almost every other team in the league has done, is that fair catch on the kickoff. Right. 
They oh, never no. do that. That'll never they happen. Because Keyshawn, Keyshawn believes anytime the ball is, is in is play, in his, he, that he's he going to take it him. to the house. He's going to house. Yep, him. he thinks he can. And same with the punt. Sometimes you, he rarely calls for a fair catch. Right. He, again, I like aggressive. I do. I, I admire aggressive play over passive play. And more, and more times than not, the aggressive is going to is going to be. But some, like he, there's aggressive, and then there's smart. So I think part of that is, and I, I mean, you, you know, Basaki could not have been happy with him trying to pick that ball up and run. I mean, I'm sure he heard about it long, and he was going to keep hearing about it. But well, they took him off punt returns. Yeah, the next couple of punts, Jaden Reed was back there. Yeah, Reed. Um, yeah. So that's that. So the In Packers. Terms, I mean, so the Packers come back. I mean, it was just it was bad. It was ugly. I, after I said pre-show, like we don't have much to talk about the Giants. We'll just talk focus no, on Tampa. And here we and here we are. But <laughs> so the Packers come back home. They'll face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now your leaders in the NFC South. And this is important because if you still want to track the Packers' ability to make the playoffs, the Atlanta Falcons are now back in the wild card mix, which is bad because they have a head-to-head right. win over the Packers. So. Green Bay really does need to I, – I, they don't have to win out. There's scenarios where they can get in if they don't, but they can't afford. They just they just lost the game that they couldn't afford to lose. So now they need to keep winning if they want to make the playoffs and have a chance to play extra football. So you've got the Bucks coming in. The Packers defense, there's a, there's a litany of injuries, Mark, and I know you've got it up yeah, there, so let's go through the injuries. Well, the Packers didn't practice, which – can I Wednesday. comment on that? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, we yeah, we we tape Wednesday night. The Packers didn't practice. Today. I'm just going to leave that out there. The, the way they played Monday night, they should have practiced Tuesday morning. Yeah. They should have got off the plane and headed right to Clark Hinkle Field. Yeah. Do you think because, meant- because now you're right? Because now they'll get they're only going to get two days of practice in, and at best Saturday be a walkthrough. Right. Now Saturday's always a walkthrough. But how do you give them all? I mean, that's just, that's to me that's the problem with the NFL today is there's too many off days, too many. They don't, and when they do practice, they don't even practice anymore. You think Vince Lombardi would have given his team off? I well, first of all, a Lombardi team would have never played as poorly as his, as his team played Monday night. But they play that way Monday, and they get an extra day off. Correct. Well, if they were off from practice, I hope they were at least at the facility in meetings, getting yelled at for something. That's yeah. the way they. But anyway, right, well, here's who did not practice. Dontavian Wicks has the has the sprained ankle, which he prob I'm guessing he's not oh, going to play this. Sounded week. bad. Yeah, he said it was pretty bad, which is a shame because they're a little thinner wide receiver already. Because Christian Watson again was still out. Hard to believe he's hurt, but he has a hamstring again, so he's probably I don't know how long that's going to take. Quay Walker, who they sorely missed last week, was still out with the shoulder. AJ Dillon apparently hurt his thumb in the game somehow. I don't know how, but he hurt his thumb, so he was out. And Darnell Savage was out with a a shoulder. So the Packers have replaced hamstring with shoulder as the injury of choice. Injury of choice. The good news, good news. Jaden Reed, who was in, who we thought might have, may have had a concussion, uh, does not have a concussion. So he was he was limited with an ankle, but he but he did but he was he, he was limited. Well, more um, impor- more important there too is is that the he appears to have avoided a serious head injury, which is good. Right, exactly. And Aaron Jones was limited. Jair Alexander was limited. Elton Jenkins was limited. Eric Stokes was full. It's a, if you notice, there was a little news yesterday, which I'm sure our our guys our our Wednesday crew mentioned, but they they cut the kid um, Kyra Blue Kelly. Kelly. So I'm guessing they probably try to put him back on the practice squad. Maybe or maybe not, but I'm 
that I'm assuming, and maybe I'm assuming too much here, but I'm assuming that move was made to activate Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes, yeah. And obviously we're not going to speculate because it's too early in the week on what's going on with Jair Alexander because it may or may not be totally injury-related or something else might be going on. I have no idea. But he's practiced. I will say this. My official stance on Jair, because I don't know if we've ever said it on this show before, is just because a player practices doesn't mean they're primed to play. I think sometimes, and, and Jair has had shoulder issues before. I don't know if it, I think it's his, his other shoulder. He hurt a different one two years ago against the Steelers uh, with the Najee Harris tackle, mm-hmm. and he missed a bunch of time. He didn't come back till the playoffs. And, and couldn't I, tackle. He couldn't tackle. And so I honestly think – I honestly think just because you practice does not mean and that he's practicing every week and then not playing. It doesn't mean that something is is necessarily like completely wacky there. The situation is weird optically. Yes, I get that. I understand that the way he's talking about it and all that kind of stuff. But him practicing does not automatically indict him if he doesn't play. That's that. Well, also, keep one thing in mind. I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying it to the people that are questioning. He's been limited Mm -hmm. in practice. Right, right. Yep. He's, he, I don't think he's been a full participant no, he hasn't. since this happened. So, And I don't know if fans understand what the, the difference between limited and full. Limited means you were out there. You were out there, so his shoulder hurts. That don't mean he can't run around, right? He can, So he's probably out there running, you know, when they do little drills, when they a, a, a corner runs with a wide receiver. Well, he can do that, mm-hmm. but he's not, again, it's practice. He's not tackling the wide receiver after he catches the ball. He's just running with them, getting in the way. You know, giving him, you know, he's, you know, he's doing his thing. A full participant means you're out there, you're running, you're not just running around, you're, you're out there in the whatever, I don't even know what they do at practice. The team period. Yeah, but you're doing things. You're, you're, you're in the mix. You're not, you're, you know, again, you're not tackling because they don't tackle in practice, but you're, you're throwing your body around. So the fact that he's been limited tells me, he, you know, they, yeah, he, no, he, he, he's got a bad shoulder. Alexander wants to play. I yeah. don't want. I'm not buying this nonsense. He has no reason not to be happy. He has no reason not. He wants to no. know. Is he is he a little goofy? Yeah, but most corner most corners and wide receivers are. Yeah, do you um, want do you want to know what is it? You want to know what the issue is? He's frustrated that he's not playing. That's yes. you know, that's that's what he's a competitor. I mean, Jair realizes his brand is all about being on the field and doing the seatbelt and locking it down. Well, you're not doing that on the sideline in street clothes, right? And it bothers him. Sure, yeah. No, he and you like like you you brought up you know when he missed time with the shoulder and he came back for that 49er playoff game and he still wasn't and, ready. And you're right. And if you remember, a big play in that game was a run the Debo. On third down, right, and where he ran over um, Jair because he couldn't, he he wasn't able to bring him down. Right. So I mean, he doesn't want to hurt the team, but I I really I real there's two guys that they of all those guys now, now they were again they were both limited. I want to you know you want everybody back, you want everybody to play, obviously, and the Packers have had more than their share of important injuries this this season. But if Jones and Alexander, Aaron Jones and Jair, if they can come back and play this last month, this last four games. I think the Packers will be all right. I think so they need, too. And I mean, they really it, need both of them. They need a, they need them both. A close third would be Quay Walker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Isaiah McDuffie just you know McDuffie had filled in really nicely in some spots before. I mean, I look back at the Cowboys game last year. He did a really really good job against a good offense, and he just he looked lost out there against the Devito led Giants, and so did most of the team. But but he got exposed and, and reminded us all why he's a backup. He's not. Well, he you know he doesn't 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 shouldn't be playing regular snaps. I, I mentioned this to, a, I forget who it was on, on X, that McDuffie p- 
plays well when he plays with Walker. Mm-hmm. He he's not so good when he plays instead of Walker. Okay. Like he he played better when Campbell was hurt and he was out there because he doesn't have to do like Walker is your do it all linebacker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So McDuffie can just focus on being the thumper, being the, the downhill stop the run linebacker. When Campbell's out there, it's, it becomes a little different. Where McDuffie, I think, has to do a little more, and that's not his thing. Right. No, that's a good. Um, that's a good point. That's a really good point there. I mean, and the 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 Bucks offense. Let's go through the offense real okay. quick here because you got Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Obviously, we were familiar with Baker. He played. Remember last year he was with the Rams Three, for. Like, yep. He was um, with the Rams for two seconds, mm-hmm. and he came in and played. And I think we were all nervous that. The Rams might somehow upset the Packers. The Packers took care of business there. Rashad White, the running back, very good. Having now, a very good year. He he is, but the, the Bucks are 29th in in overall rushing if you if you go off of, of rush rushing yards, and they are only averaging three and a half yards a carry. So, but we know the Packers rush defense has struggled all season long. So right. the pack the Bucks are gonna look to run the ball. Rashad White is is their running back, and then he's got seven hundred and some yards. He's he's not doing bad, not doing bad, and and, and he has for, all the. But that's the thing; he's their only. He's he he's like the bell cow. Not because he yeah he's like no one else. Anything yeah, he's got, he's he's the bell cow. But for all yes. of the and anon- the anonymous wide receivers that the Giants had last week, that that the Packers really didn't need to quote fingers need to worry about this year is or this this week is the complete opposite. Here you've got Mike Evans who's having a very good season Great. for for the for the Bucks. Chris Godwin is questionable, but he's hasn't been ruled out, and we all are familiar with Chris Chris Godwin, and then you've got mm-hmm. Trey Palmer as well. So there, and then Kate Otten is their tight end. Oh, yeah. So they've got some good pass catching options, and Baker Mayfield is not Tommy DeVito. So Baker can run a little bit, and he's more savvy now. The one thing I will say too is that. DeVito obviously did not have the green light to sling it all over the field. He rarely threw the ball much past the line of scrimmage. Baker Mayfield, much like in a different way, obviously, I'm not comparing him. I always have to put that disclaimer out there. Somebody comes at me, but much like Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, one or two times in a game, is going to throw a couple that that the defense can take advantage of and possibly create some turnovers. And if that happens, then they need to do that. But the offensive line's pretty good. They got Werfs at left tackle. Stinney at left guard, Ryan Jensen on injured reserve, the the all pro center. He's not out there. Cody Mock right guard and Luke Gedicke at right tackle. So this Tampa team, I think more than the players, is coming in confident and ready. I mean, they've they've just taken the lead in the division. So they're they're looking to stamp it and close it out and win this thing. Get a home game, get a home playoff game, all those things. Todd Bowles needs that. I mean, this was a guy that, you know, they were in a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, right? So so this is this is a a chance to return and say, hey, we're back in the playoffs now. And so I think I think they're gonna come in charged up, ready to go. The Packers need to very quickly, very quickly regroup and get over the Giants game. Just screw it. Just forget it. Just forget it and move on on apparently like you said mark on apparently on two days practice yeah like i said i hope they did something if they weren't out if they weren't on the field i hope they were at least going you know watching film and doing whatever you do when you're not you know on the field practicing white has the white has 201 carries this season for tampa bay for 745 yards five touchdowns the next mayfield's their next leader with 49 carries other than that they have 29 for edmonds 24 for Vaughn, 15 for Tucker. So, yeah, White's the run. 
how most teams now have back by by committee. No, not 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 Tampa. No, this is the old Denver Broncos. Uh, this is the, yeah. yeah. This is what it used to be with one. They have one back and it's white. So, but yeah, Mike Evans. He's a hall. He's he's having another great year in what I think is a Hall of Fame. He's I think he's a future Hall of Famer. He is. 62 for 1,020 with 10 touchdowns. So uh, that's why I need Alexander back there this, the, uh, this week. He has Dog- been he has been excellent. Yeah, Evans has been excellent. And I will tell you right now, you are not going to contain him with Corey Ballantyne or Carrington Ballantyne. No. You know, where regardless of whether they're playing their best games or not, you you need you need your dudes back there. I agree, Jair. This would be a really really good time for Jair to reemerge. Godwin's been been decent, fifty eight for six fifty nine, only one touchdown. But he's, you know, everybody can't score touchdowns because Evans, you know, and Kate Otten, the the, the tight end you mentioned, he's got forty catches for three hundred sixty four yards and four touchdowns. So yeah, I mean, they have some weapons in the passing game. Now you you, you mentioned that the Packers beat the the Baker Mayfield Rams last year. They actually beat them. If they can beat them Sunday, it would make it would be a trifecta. Because he they was, yeah, beat, they beat him with the Browns. Cleveland, yeah, they, yeah. they would have beat him with three different teams three different in teams. three straight years. But yeah. I'm not sure that's ever happened. All at Lambeau. Yes. All at Lambeau, right. all at Lambeau so, Field. So maybe maybe Baker has nightmares of Lamb when he comes into Lambeau. He has you know some nightmares, and he plays poorly, and the Packers win. Well, we Hopefully. were hoping that DeVito was going to have nightmares and not play well, and that didn't happen too much. But this is, the, this is in Green Bay. They're on the road. Tampa coming in there, but I don't... What's the I, weather? I know we don't do weather anymore, but do, any idea how cold it's going to be? Because uh, we know Tampa doesn't like the cold. Partly sunny, high of 40, low of 30. Oh, oh, that's not cold. I mean, it's, not, it's cold for Tampa, but it's not... Freezing. It's not Green Bay. No, it's, it's not, not bad. I was hoping for, you know, high of 25, low of 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mayfield's been... He's been okay. He's been okay this year. He's it's, a new, it's a noon game too, so it should be around forty degrees for the majority exactly. of the game. So it won't yeah. it won't mm. snow if it if no. it's precipitating at all, which there isn't any in the forecast right now. It would be rain. It would be cold mm. rain. But this is this is that time of year where we also hope that the kicking game doesn't go to crap. That was another thing. Anders Carlson missed a field goal. Yeah, well, so did the Giants guy. So that kind the of Giants missed out. a field goal too, and and then the punter. This is this is where we've been talking about: is Daniel Whalen really this good? Well, we're about you know this is where this is where we find out. I don't remember how well he. I guess he did okay against the Chiefs, yeah. and and then I guess we'll find out how how things are looking over these over this game, and then they've got the uh, Vikings. Or not the Vikings, the Bears. Carolina. The the Bears, because those are on the road. Those are oh, oh, the cold they're in Minnesota yeah, indoors. They're at Carolina, though, so the weather will be, be too bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and the only one after this one is will, will be the Bears, Bears game. Yeah. And hopefully and, they know. yeah, I mean they shouldn't they should, hopefully they don't have to punt in that game. <laughs> that would be that would be, be nice. I, it would be it would be ideal. I mean the last I was hoping that game wouldn't mean anything. Yeah. Well the way that things I don't know, if things continue the way that they were going and this young team, you just never know what's happening with it. That could end up being the case. It would be really, really disappointing. But I No, I, no, I meant in a good way. I, I got you. No, that's what I mean. Is 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 you know, like they have on, this whatever seeds. We were hoping it would be in a good way, but I think the way that things are going, it's it was You never know. I mean, again, despite that loss, there's if there's, again the playoffs don't end today, but since everybody puts up if the playoffs end today, and here's what it the Packers are still the seventh seed. Yes. I mean, and I knew that going into the teams. Giants game, going into the Giants game, their their seating they weren't going to lose their playoff seating whether they won or lost that game. It just would have put a much they would have a nice stranglehold on that position yes. had they won. They would have had a they would have been a game up plus have the tiebreakers on everybody else. Instead yes. they're just, you know, 
they're t- they have the, they're they're all six and seven. Now this why this, this week is so important in that, like you said earlier, well Tampa's in first place now, but that it's really that's a three way tie also. So that could change week between Atlanta, New Orleans, and and Tampa. They're they're all you know, and I think they all play each other. So who knows what, how that's going to shake out? But if if Green Bay wins this game, they will then have the tiebreaker on both Tampa and and New Orleans. They, they they don't have it against Atlanta, but they would have it over two out of three. If they lose, they would they would not have the tiebreaker over Tampa or Atlanta. So they, that's you know that's two teams that. You're, if you're battling for that last wild card spot, you, you want to win as many tiebreakers as you can. They, right. They do have it over the Rams, which is very important right now because yeah. I, I think the Rams are are a team that they're they're going to battle the most with. I think they're they're playing pretty well right now. Yep. Seattle's a team. I think they have it over them based off conference. They have a tough road though. Seattle. Yeah. Seattle's <laughs> Seattle's kind of cooled off. They've they cooled off a little a bit run, now, and yeah. I think it's the the Rams are the, the Rams are the hottest in the hunt team. Right now, I believe so. even though they, even though they lost last week, they played a hell of a game against Baltimore. Yep. I mean, Baltimore, I think might be. I think I think they're the best team in the AFC right now, and the Rams gave them all they could handle. Took them to overtime. They needed a walk off punt return, and yeah. and uh, that that was incredible. That was amazing, and that's, that helped. That really helped the Packers. Well, and I texted you because we all know who's who. One of the best special teams <laughs> coaches coming up before he was a head coach was John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. So. So as far as the key, the key, the key to this game, I mean, it's it sounds, it sounds really simple, but I feel like Tampa, in a, especially in a cold weather game, I think Tampa is just going to say, "Listen, Green Bay, I don't think you can stop the run, and we're just going to keep pounding it and running it at you until you do." And if you, you know, if you can't, we actually have an answer for it, and you've got Mike Evans out there at wide receiver. But it all starts up front, and. The upfront part of this Packers defense has something to prove. I mean, they they need to come back and make a statement here. They got just pushed around and shoved around by a very much inferior Giants front. They they need to come out pissed off and play angry. What do you got? No, I'm, I I agree. Gar- Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, the veterans on this team. The guys, I hate to put it on you know salary, but the guys making the money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of salary cap tied up in those three guys. They have to go out and and play like it this week. Though you know the other guys, you know, I'm not I'm not saying T.J. Slayton doesn't have to play well or Devontae Wyatt or they all have to. But Clark Smith and Gary are the are the veterans now. They're the leaders. It's they have to they have to lead. They have to they have to go out and win this game. They have to go out and whether they're putting pressure on Mayfield, forcing like like you said for. You 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 hit Baker a few times. He'll start throwing it up there, and, yeah. and then then it's up to the you know, who's ever playing in the secondary this week to pick Catch it off. Catch the ball, Catch, hold you on, you know, and stop White. You know, stop. They're, they're, like you said, the, the Tampa. This guy, this, he's the guy. There's no there's no fooling him. They're going to run him, contain him. You know, give him give him his three yards. Don't give him the eighteen yards. You know, right? Yeah, I think I'm those three guys that I said. I think they're the keys to this game. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, I, my other my other big key is score more points. Score more points in Tampa Bay, and there I think go. I think everything will end up being okay. So I, you can blame me if you want to, because I changed up my pick. I picked I picked the Packers instead of picking against them, and they didn't win. So fool me once, shame on uh, on you. But I'm not getting fooled a second time here. So how does this one shake out in your mind? Packers are favored by three and a half. Okay. I'm just I'm I'm not picking the game because <laughs> I don't want to pick them to lose. But every time I've been the same. Every time I pick them to win, they lose. Every time I pick them to lose, they they win. So 
if you're going to make me pick, I'm picking Tampa Bay just because I'm uh, just because. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm superstitious. Yeah. 20, 21, 10 bucks. I'm going 21, 10. Oh, bucks. You're going I'm, I'm, I'm back off the wagon. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick against the Packers every week. Yep. 20. All right. I'm, you want to score? I'm going to go with 17, 16. Yeah. That was another another heartbreaker. Perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, they're not going to lose twenty one ten. They don't lose like that. They lose by point. Yeah, when, um, you know they'll you know Tampa will go for two and get it. Wake up and so figure it out. Well, the pack so the Packers coming in on a short week, so we both have Tampa winning well, this one. Again, and, and, I'm, I'm to, just we're both picking it because we're we're no. I actually <laughs> think Tampa's winning this game. I I okay. I actually no. I I I actually do think Tampa Tampa Bay is winning this game. I just. What I saw this past week, like you're you're gonna have to the Packers are gonna have to woo me back once again. Like that was just you know, I understand a letdown. I understand your theory about not winning eight in a row and they had to lose to somebody. Okay, that's fine. Was it exciting and thrilling to watch them beat the Chiefs and the Lions? Yes, would I have traded that in? No. But my gosh, like they looked so bad doing it. Like it's just these games where they don't look good against really bad teams. I guess if there's there's one good thing about the Bucks coming in is the Bucks are not a really bad team. They're not great, no. but they're not like dumpster bad. So No, they've been in every game. They've been in every game. So if the Packers struggle with them or they don't play well, I guess it's a little bit more understandable than what they put on the field in in New Jersey this past this past Monday night. So we both have the Bucks beating the Packers and I guess we'll see how it goes and we'll be back to break it all down next week. But since it was a Monday night football, I cannot remember how that changes what you've got up at Packer Report and what's coming up. I'm up now is my analysis, my instant analysis of, of the game, of the, the the Giants game. And then I'll coming up, probably it'll go up early tomorrow morning. It'll just be a, a look ahead to the to the Tampa game. Okay. And I my Quick Slants podcast ended up being a game preview because it came out on Monday. And I'm glad I did not have to podcast after the game because I, A, did not have much of a voice left. You can still hear a little <laughs> raspiness in my voice. And B, I would not have had anything good to say immediately after that game. I'm glad I had a couple tastes before we recorded this one. So thanks, everybody. I hope everyone's week is winding down and you're getting ready for a nice holiday season coming up here. Stay warm wherever you're at. I know it's chilly out there in wintertime. And as always, go Pack Go. 